Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Hello, Edit Your Life listeners. I am just beyond excited because it's Christine here, and I am on the line with the amazing, wonderful Jenny Lawson. Hi, Jenny. Hello. Oh my gosh. I am so excited to be talking to you. And I have to say, so I'm in my car right now because it's the only quiet place in my house. And the the way that I'm leaning up against the car seats makes this sort of squishy sound. And I'm like, I just want to say right up front, this I'm not farting. Like you, there's this <laughs> noise that you might hear that's getting picked up. And I swear to you, it is it's well, maybe it is. It may, you might be. I mean, who it, knows? It, <laughs> additionally, I might be later on. But right now, that noise is just my car seat. Indeed. Well, you know, before we got officially on the line, I was saying that I was envisioning and hoping that you were surrounded by animals of all stripes, some moving, some not. I can only imagine. <laughs> I did see your video of you opening your book boxes. Um, and so I just, I, you know, this are getting on the line, actually. Um, I had had it in my mind for a little while. I'm giving you sort of insider track and giving our listeners insider track. And I wanted to invite you and I was planning on it. And I was like, oh, she's going to be way too busy. And then you had left a just a delightful comment saying something about how like listening to one of our episodes felt very therapeutic. And I was like, oh, good. Then, you know, this won't be like a weird, scary thing. It'll be fun. Yes. Yes. I have. I've actually said no to I don't even know how many podcasts, um, but with with y'all's because I love it so much. Every time I listen to it, I'm like, it's like I'm listening to my friends. It's like we're having a conversation and I can just be the quiet one in the back, which I normally am anyway. So it feels like it's, it's like the closest thing to an adult conversation that I have when I listen to y'all. Oh, well, that's so lovely. Well, Jenny, I am just so excited. Um I'm just so excited for you. And um, I, I imagine that we we may have listeners. We probably have a lot of listeners who know who you are. We may have some who don't. So I would just love it if you could start out by giving a little bit of a summary about like what led you to start writing your blog um, and then, you know, how that eventually led you down to the road to being, you know, a New York Times bestselling author. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, was, it was a very, very long road. 
Um, I have always written simply because I am a, um, an introvert. Uh, my anxiety disorder is so, so strong that I have a really hard time um, connecting with people. And so writing was one of the ways that I had to communicate. Um, so I have always written. And as I, um, as I got older, I got interested in blogging. I blogged for the uh, Houston Chronicle for free. Um, and I would continually get in trouble for crossing the line of what you can and can't say uh, on the Chronicle. <laughs> and um, and they, couldn't, they couldn't fire me because they weren't paying me. <laughs> at the same time, I was like, but I really just want to curse. And, and so I finally started my own blog um, called The Blog S. And I, I want to say, like, my first post, I think, was just the F word. Um, and and it, it was very freeing to be able to write this weird, bizarre stuff that was in my head that I thought, mm -hmm. no one else is going to get this. Everybody's going to say I'm a weirdo because my entire life, that's, I mean, even if you look at old yearbooks, it's filled with, hi, you're nice, but you're weird. I mean, <laughs> it's, that's, it's just constant. It's all over my, it's almost like all my classmates got it, got it together. And they were like, let's just make sure we put in writing that we know she's weird. Um, but, but what happened instead was I found this big community of other like-minded weirdos who were who totally got it. And, um, you know, we connected and I was able to find this community of people who um, were supportive, uh, even when I was talking about harder subjects, like, mm. you know, mental illness and depression and anxiety and things like that. Um, and after I, many years of uh, blogging, I um, an agent reached out to me after she saw me uh, mortify myself in the most horrific way ever. And, uh, and, and she was just like, I don't know what is happening with that lady, but I, I've got to check this blog out. And she did. And she was like, I think maybe you have a book in you. And, and she was right. And it's so amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. So well, so you've written a number of books now, and the reason I wanted to, you know, talk specifically uh, right now is because you have a new one coming out called Broken in the Best Possible Way. This is like actually one of my favorite, I think, titles and subjects ever. And, you know, I don't think you could have predicted this, but I feel like this book is arriving at the perfect time. I mean, I can only assume you predicted the global pandemic would come along and force us all to come to terms with the realness and vastness of our feelings, including anxiety <laughs> and depression. But beyond forecasting the pandemic, which I'm assuming you did, um, <laughs> can you share the path that led you to, to write this book? I mean, writing books is hard and we'll talk about this a little later, but editing books is hard. And so, you know, what made you want to go in like again for another round? Uh, you know, every time when I finish a book, I think, that's it. That's, I don't have anything left in me. Um, and, and every time it seems like something will happen and I'll be like, this would actually make a really good chapter. Um, and, and this is the reason why I've never stopped blogging, even though like mm -hmm. pretty much the rest of the world is like blogging that doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. And I'm like, I'm still here. I'm still blogging every week. I've never stopped. Um, but every single time something will happen and I'll think, Oh, I, I really need to share this. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so for this particular one, I didn't really know what it was going to be about. I just started sort of collecting these different stories. And I kind of, I, I, let, I let each book find its own theme. Mm. Um, so whatever I think, because when I really, when I first started it, I was like, maybe I'll do a book about like me pushing myself to do things that I wouldn't normally do. And turns out I can't do that um, because I'm just really lazy and <laughs> I don't like to leave my house. And uh, so, yeah, so I was like, that's not going to happen. Um, but then turns out like, life happened mm-hmm. in between then. And I went into a, a really deep uh, depression that was deeper than the, the ones that I usually get into. And I ended up having to do um, transcranial mm-hmm. magnetic repetitive therapy. And, uh, and, and at the time, like, you know, I blogged about it at the time and, um, and I just thought, well, this is just a weird procedure that I'm going to go through. And it, it actually, help to inspire sort of the whole book about, mm. you know, going through, um, the, going through all of the different paths that you have to get through to become the person, uh, that you are. And, and in some ways it's about like, you know, the treatment for depression and for anxiety, which, you know, works sometimes and doesn't work sometimes, but it's also about all of the just bizarre and ridiculous things that happen to me. Um, and that are incredibly embarrassing and awkward and terrible, but those stories are the best stories. Like mm-hmm. those stories are the ones that people are like, tell me more about the most <laughs> embarrassing thing that has happened to you in your life. Um, and, and, you know, actually I have an entire chapter all about, uh, you know, I shared something embarrassing that, that I had done and people started responding with like, oh, you think that's bad? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you this. So, and so I had like, I mean, it went on for days and days of people sending me thousands of the most hysterical human. Oh my God. They were wonderful. I had tears coming down my, my face reading them. And I loved them so much that I, I reached out to like uh, hundreds of these people. And I was like, would you mind if I shared some of these uh, in the book? I, like, I'll, I'll totally credit you. And I was really worried that people would be like, no, absolutely not. You're not going to share the most mortifying moment of my life. And instead, every single one said absolutely yes. And that they ended up making so many friends because all of these people responded to like the most horrible moment of their life with, oh my God, that happened to me too. Or mm-hmm. that happened to me, but let me tell you about how much worse it was. And now they're like, instead of cringing and being up at three o'clock in the morning, thinking of that horribleness, they celebrate it, which is so, so great. Yeah, it is so good. Is that the awkwarding chapter? Because I want to, yes. I do have a question for you later about that. But yes, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. I love that you created a community out of awkward. Like how, right? how just wonderfully perfect is that? Um, All right. Well, I have, I'm going to dig into a couple of chapters I don't want to ask you about, but we're going to do that after a quick break. Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages six and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. 
And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Okay, friends, we are back with the wonderful human mammal, Jenny Lawson. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Full-grown mammal. Full-grown mammal. (laughs) Uh, It's in print. So I want to ask you about a couple of your chapters. You know, there you mentioned TMS, transcranial magnetic stimulation, before the break, and there's a, a chapter called "The Things We Do to Quiet the Monsters," and you detail this experience with TMS. And I think, you know, it's so honest and raw as usual, what we would expect from you. But I think what I also really appreciated was how clear you made it that healing is a moving target because you're kind of like journaling like across time. And you don't just do something and it gets fixed or you find things that work now and you say they, Hey, this works now, but it might not work later. Um, you know, and that today could be great, but tomorrow could be terrible. So I think actually your words, I wrote them down. You write nothing lasts forever, the good and the bad. So I'd be curious, especially in the context of the pandemic, when everything is so difficult, like, where are you at right now? Like, is it a good day? Is it a bad stretch? Like how, (laughs) how are you feeling? Um, you know, the pandemic generally, you would think that this would be like a marathon I've been training for my entire life just because I'm, (laughs) I'm naturally reclusive and I don't like to leave my house and I'm very, you know, like it makes me really anxious being around people. Um, but I, I really have had a hard time, which makes me so worried for my like extroverted friends that are out there. Um, I would say, you know, it's up and down. Uh, if I, if I could leave my house comfortably and I can't because I have a lot of immunocompromised, mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. I can't even, you know, do a lot of the normal stuff with masks. But if I could, I probably right now would be having another, you know, month long session of, of TMS because I do feel yes. like I am, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm not as low as, as the lowest that I've been. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not easy. And I've had a lot of, 
Luckily this week, I feel like I'm starting to come back out again. And I'm like, yay, I'm going to take advantage of like this energy and this, this time and I can do stuff and, and oh, please let it last. But, you know, there was a, a week before where I was, I was just like, okay, well, I guess I'll just survive the week. Like mm-hmm. that's my goal is um, just, just survive the week and it's gonna, eventually I'll come back out and I'll be able to catch back up. Um, but it's, you know, it's so weird when I'm out of a depression, I can look back at it and be like, okay, you know what? It's not that big of a deal that the house is a wreck and things aren't getting done and Haley's behind on her school. And, you know, it like, it's, it seems at the time, like it's the end of the world mm-hmm. and, and, and every little thing that you think like, oh, okay, well, I need to get up and I need to take a shower. and and you're like, oh, that's going to take all of the energy that I have for the whole day. Mm-hmm. And then you come out and all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, well, I can answer all of these emails and I can return these phone calls and I can do this stuff. And, and it's so easy. And, and I just wish that I could go back every time to the person I was a week ago and be like, hey, guess what? I'll get it next week. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah. just relax. It's yeah. going to be okay. I know. It's just, it's such a moving target. And, you know, one thing Asha and I've talked about a lot, uh, we actually did a whole episode on this, but just like how right now, especially when things are just sort of, sort of, sort of like consistently hard that you just need to find like little things that'll kind of lift you up through the day because otherwise, man, like this slog is just, <laughs> it's endless. Yes. It's so difficult. Exactly. And it it's, it's because it's such a routine and you never get out of it. You never pull yourself out and there's no sort of break to it. So yeah, I've, I have found that finding, finding things that break the routine um, have been really helpful for me. So that, that for me is, you know, I take a book and I go outside and I sit under a tree and I read or I'll like have a, a, a picnic outside in my backyard. And by picnic, I basically just mean like microwaved enchiladas that I carry out and put in the grass because um, I'm not cooking. Uh, I, yeah, it, it's, but it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And it's, and it's not just, you know, it's not just me. I mean, I think everybody is. And then especially when you add in you know, your kids, because they are having a hard time in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that we started doing recently that I really, really loved um, is we started doing, uh, they're like escape rooms in a box. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Love it. And so, so, you know, Haley and Victor and I, we get together and we'll sit there and she's, you know, she's 16. So she's, she's old enough that, and I was like, okay, she's not going to totally get it, but she, and she's picking up stuff. She's like, this is a Caesar cipher. And this is a thing. And I'm like, okay, how did you break that code? And wait, slow down. I'm like, oh, (laughs) we've gotten to that point where like, she's starting to get smarter than me in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, That, that happens with the teenagers. Actually, do you mind if I ask a question about her? Cause I'm, I'm so, I, you know, all the time, like you hear when people talk about parenting their advice, they're like modeling, modeling, modeling. And I'm wondering, you know, is, is, um, I love how your ability to sort of be out there at not sort of to be out there and to really embrace like your full range of self. I mean, and this, this book certainly is that too, you know, the title even, 
do you feel like that's kind of getting through to her, you know, by osmosis or otherwise or more directly? I think so. Um, what I think is that she doesn't really read any of my stuff. Um, so, so when it comes to reading stuff, no. Um, but when it comes to um, like watching me and she knows very much about, you know, my own personal struggles. Mm. And, um, and, and I, I think what it does is it gives her permission to realize that it's okay not to be perfect, that it's okay to feel bad, that it's okay to ask for help, mm. that, um, uh, you know, one of the things that I think is really important that, uh, that we don't um, focus on as much is that, uh, you know, teenagers' mental health looks very different than adults mental health. Yes. And so, you know, just, just letting that was, that was something that was Im important for me, but it's okay to come to me and say like, I'm struggling. And, and, uh, you know, it, it's interesting that, and, and I, I, I try, I don't really, uh, write so much about Haley and she's not, she's not against it. She's very like, whatever. I, I don't, you know, I don't care. You can write about what you want. But because she is 16, there's some stuff that I'm like, you don't 100% know what you're saying when you're saying sure. you can write about anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so I, I, I'm always like, you know what, when you turn 18, we'll probably write a book together about like how hard it is to be a teenager and, and, and all of this stuff. But, you know, for now, I, you know, try to, to um, respect her privacy. Um, but I will say with her own personal struggles, I have been so proud of um, the way that she has uh, continued to like find her own path and her own agency. And it's so hard. And it's, I think it's, I think it's so hard for kids today because they have so much more pressure and they're yeah. dealing with so much more. And it's so hard for parents too, because you want to like, you want to be like, I never want you to struggle. I always want you to like, let me just hand you everything. And then, and then that's the, te that's a terrible thing. Yeah. That's the trap. I know. Exactly. I know. I yes. know. Yeah. Um, well, let's, I want to, I want to wind back to something we started, we were talking earlier about, um, team awkward, which I, I am a member. And so, <laughs> so your chapter, the chapter you referenced earlier about people sharing their stories about awkward things that happened is called awkwarding brings us together. Um, I have a question because, and maybe, maybe I don't know if this will be hard to answer because you're so forthcoming with life and, and the ups and downs, but if everyone is weird and awkward, which I think you and I would agree is the case, like, why do you think it's so difficult for people to be honest about how awkward they are? Like all the other people who didn't respond to your thing. I, you know what, I, I really think it comes back to finding comfort. Mm. So if you can find this comfort level of like, hey, actually, it's okay that things are not perfect. And if you can find comfort in that, then you can start to accept it and then you can start to celebrate it. But I think for a lot of people, they don't want to let go of the control of mm everything is perfect and everything is great. And here's, here are all the filters and my house is never, I never have the cat vomit behind me during a Zoom call. And, you know, I, it's, it's fine. It's all fine. Um, but it's, there's something just so absolutely freeing mm -hmm. about just 
letting go. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't come with repercussions because, you know, of course there's people who make fun of, you know, whatever it is you're sharing, anytime that you're going to be, you know, authentic, there's going to be somebody who's going to be, you know, like, why did you do that? You're an idiot. Um, (laughs) but, But the thing is, is if you can concentrate on the, you know, 100 other people saying, I'm an idiot too, and you make me happy, then, um, then you give yourself so much and then you give everybody else around you permission because nobody wants to see like, you know, look how skinny I am. Look at the yacht I bought. Look at that. Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody's like, oh, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> they, nobody, like, even if they say like, oh, I'm so happy. They're not really happy for you. They're not, oh, I'm so glad I, you can see your hip bones. I don't care. Like n- <laughs> nobody cares. I just want to see. I want to see you being you, being yep. human, because then I feel like, oh, you're a real person. Yeah. Like, I can and connect then to I you. I can be a real person. Yeah, exactly. yeah, totally, totally. Oh, I love it so much. All right. Well, speaking of real people, we are going to get to, I have a question about your editors and we're going to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get to that after a quick break. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Okay, friends, welcome back. We're here with Jenny Lawson, my favorite living mammal ever. Um, <laughs> okay, so Jenny, I gotta, I gotta say, this is gonna sound a little crazy because you literally include a "please don't stop reading this" alert at the beginning of this chapter. But the chapter <laughs> "editing is hell, mostly for editors" <laughs> was, yes. I think, was one of my favorite chapters. I think 
I don't know if it's because I'm a writer nerd. I deal with editors. I also edit things. And honestly, I was like, wow, I need to be more weird from this point forward because I am boring as all get out. So <laughs> I am legitimately curious. How did your editors feel about this chapter? Did they love it or were they like, oh, Lord? Like, So so I there are several chapters that I wrote that that I thought the, this won't make it into the book. But I was trying to buy time um, <laughs> because they're like, I mean, there's a lot of people who come up with they come out with books so quickly and I'm not one of them. Like I struggle like every book. I, the fastest I've written a book was five years. Like mm-hmm. it's really it's a it's a struggle for me. Um, so sometimes when I feel like and they're never they're never mean about it. But sometimes when I'm like, OK, well, I'm three years behind on the deadline. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'll just write this chapter and and I know it's a chapter that's not going to actually make it into the book, but at least they'll look at it and be like, okay, well, she's not dead yet. She's still alive. She's doing something. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So this was one of them. And and I uh, and I wrote it and I sent it and I even put a little thing and I was like, maybe this can just be a bonus chapter when like the paperback comes out because I'm not really sure if it's a real chapter or not. And my agent and my editor and they all they both were like, this is a great this is a great chapter. This is. So, um, so I, I think that just shows that I'm like a really bad judge of what's good and what's bad, uh, because then I send other stuff and I'm like, oh, you guys look at this. And they're like, mm, yeah, they're yeah like, maybe that's no. for the blog. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, that's, nah, it's fine, but it's not book materials. So I'm like, okay, all right. Well, it's just... that's amazing. I love it. I, I, I'm, and I love that backstory just cause I, I really, I read it and I was like, oh my God, this is just, I. I have like new goals about how I need to communicate with people. This is so great. Um, okay. Well, the last thing, <laughs> the last thing I wanted to ask you about, we have to talk about Nowhere Bookshop. Um, I just, you, amidst all this craziness, um, you opened a real live book bookstore. And if I ever find the courage to step on a plane ever again, I want to visit. <laughs> so I would love to hear, and I should, I want to, I'll include a link in the show notes, but I have to tell listeners that, you know, all the wonderful weirdness and stuff we're talking about, like just comes through so beautifully. Like there's a curated cat box and a strangelings book club. There's just all sorts of fabulous, wonderfully <laughs> weird things. So I love it. So how are things going amidst the pandemic? And what would you say have been the biggest surprises and challenges of owning your own bookstore? Well, you know, so, so it's been, it's been over a year that we've been technically open. Um, however, we have never opened the doors to customers. I think I, mm-hmm. I really, I need to check in with like the Guinness Book of World Records to see like how <laughs> long a business can be technically open without ever letting a customer through the door. Um, but every time that we start to think like, okay, maybe Maybe yeah. we can let people in. And then, you know, our governor's like, nobody needs masks. And you're just like, oh, Texas. Yeah. What are you're you doing? You're ready to go to capacity, right? 100% capacity. Oh, my God. Right? I'm like, no, that's the, no, don't do, oh, God. So, so, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, we're still, we are still technically, um, our, our wonderful employees, they're like, we basically work in the most strange and beautiful warehouse ever. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're the only ones that are kind of allowed in. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is, what is really great is that in spite of the fact that, 
Um, okay, first of all, it's an independent bookshop that was opened in the middle of a pandemic where no customers can come in. I mean, it's <laughs> it is a recipe for never making any money. And and like legitimately, when I opened it, I was like, my goal is to not lose a lot of money every year. Like, I don't care if it loses a little bit, but I don't want to have to like pay, you know, $20,000 a year to have a bookshop. Like I, mm-hmm. that, I, I would like to, to break even, but I don't need to, to make money. Um, and shockingly, we are actually doing really well. Um, not only because there's there, we, you know, we do curbside service yes. and we ship and we have so, there's so many people out, um, you know, not only in the San Antonio community, but like all over the world who are just like, I want to help. I want to, you know, I want to, the thing that actually was the most helpful is, so we started this, this book club and I called it the fantastic strangelings book club. And I was like, okay, so once a month, you know, you just pay like a flat. So I think it was like $25 and once a month, um, I'll send you a book and it'll be a weird book that I'll pick out that maybe wouldn't get the attention that, um, that I, that I think it really deserves. And, uh, I thought if I can get like 200 people to sign up, then, then I'm selling, you know, 200 books a month. That's something. Mm-hmm. So we now have, I, uh, I, oh, there's thousands of Oh my members. goodness. That's yeah. wonderful. Oh I, I want to say it's like 2,600 is our, our recent count. Um, and it's, and not only does that, I mean, that is, it is sustaining us. We have um, our employees are, you know, still there and are paid full time and we can pay our rent fully and we can, I mean, we're, we're actually doing well. Like we were able to like give bonuses out at Christmas to, to mm. our, our, I mean, we only have three employees, but you know, but still, you know, like that's amazing. It's, it's so amazing. Um, and so wonderful. And the really great thing is it helped authors because it's so hard mm-hmm. to put a book out so right hard. now. Yes. It's it's impossible. So we had all of these authors who were like the major like the majority of our my sales came from your book club and then it got noticed by other bookstores because you know it mm-hmm. it you know suddenly this this you know big group came out and then they got you know um noticed by other people and uh we even had some that were they had so few books printed because they were just like, we just don't know mm-hmm. what it mm-hmm. looks like because people can't leave their house, that they were like, okay, you know what? We will do a, a separate printing just for you guys. And so some of them actually have like uh, little, little tip in sheets inside them that say like printed, especially for you, fantastic strangeling. And, wow. and then and the, it's so great. And the authors will be like, can I send you signed book plates? And can I send you, because they're just so happy and grateful yeah. and the publishers are like this is amazing and mm-hmm. so and then we do like these zoom calls like last night we did one with um Genevieve Gornichek who wrote uh, the witch's heart which is all about like this um Norse mythological uh woman that never gets written about and she was like I'm gonna tell my own story about mm-hmm. this and it oh my gosh it was so good um and so we have these like Zoom calls, and it's basically just this ridiculous book club where there are no rules, and if you want to drop in for the discussion, you can. Most people just lurk, or they just, you know, pile the books up, and they're like, I'll get to it. Um, I love it. It saved us. I mean, it, it really it really saved us, and it, and it helps everybody. 
It's incredible. It's incredible. And, you know, we'll link, um, we'll look, link the book club up and also, um, your Instagram, of course, because I just, I just laugh and love every time you post, um, like a photo where you're like, Oh, okay. Just made another great window display in the wrong direction again. <laughs> I've never done window displays. And so I hey, do backwards I is hard. <laughs> right. It's and really pe- challenging. Exactly. And people are always like, but that's okay. Cause it encourages people to come inside the store. I'm like, you don't understand. The store's not open. It's <laughs> I have to change the whole thing. I oh have to get gosh. a lazy Susan is what I'm going to have oh. to do. That would be, that would be the thing. That would be the thing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, Jenny, that is like, what a gift, you know, Asha and I just recently did a, um, an episode all about books and, you know, my call to my like rally cry at the end was like, recommend authors, like recommend people you're reading because this is such a hard time for writers and bookshops and independent places. So I just, that's what a gift that you're giving not only to the community, but just, to humans who need connection and to other authors. It's just incredible. Well, honestly, it saved me more than it saved anybody else because Mm -hmm. so often when I would be in a really, really deep depression and feel like I I could not do anything, I would think, you know what? I have to go and read these advanced copies of books because I, I typically will go through and I'll be like, okay, I need to read, you know, 10 copies of different books that I think I might like so that I can narrow it down and, and pick that one. And so often when I could do nothing else, I would sit outside and I would read. And instead of feeling guilty about it, I would be like, no, this is part of my job. This is, um, which was wonderful because it gave me permission. But at the same time, I kind of want to like get into my brain and be like, you know what? You don't actually have to have permission to just Mm -hmm. enjoy yourself Mm -hmm. and to do things that are guilty pleasures. Like, that's okay. As often as you can do things that make you happy and recharge yourself. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So wonderful. Well, Jenny, this was just such an energizing conversation. I I have to admit, like before we hopped on, I was, I've been having some of my own personal, like weird and whatever struggles. And um, I just feel so happy and uplifted having talked to you. So thank you for giving me that gift. I appreciate it so much. Oh my God. Well, right back at you because you are, you are one of those like healing, wonderful people I've known for so long. And just your voice alone makes me feel like it's going to be okay. I don't know what it is. There's just something, there's just something about you that is healing. So thank you. Jenny, I'm going to like snip that out and put it on repeat for my self, self (laughs) self-esteem affirmations when I'm having a crap day. So thank you. Of course. All right, friends, you will find the show notes for this episode, including the links to resources we've mentioned at Edit Your Life Show. This week, let's embrace our collective weirdness and awkwardness. Tell us about a favorite weird or awkward moment. We're here for it. Hop over to facebook.com slash edityourlifeshow and look for the question of the week pinned to the top of the page. Or you can chat with us on Instagram at edityourlifeshow. And we'd be delighted as ever if you would take a moment to review us on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. 
We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.